Chapter Three of the Story of Sitka by Clarence Leroy Andrews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Rita Boutros. Chapter Three Progress of the Colony. The courtly chamberlain of the Tsar, Nicholas P. Rezanov, son in law of Shelikov, who was the founder of the first Russian colony in America, came to Sitka in 1805 via Petropavlovsk, Siberia, on the Nadeshda, one of the first Russian ships to circumnavigate the world, and was the special representative of the Russian American Company, of which organization he was one of the founders. In his report to the company, he tells us, the fort is on the high hill, or Kikor, on a peninsula in the gulf. On the left side of the Kikor, close on the peninsula, is built an immense barracks with two projecting blockhouses or towers. All the building is made from mass timber from the top to the foundation, under which is a cellar. Besides this building are two warehouses, a material magazine, and two cellars, also two large sheds for storing food, and under the sheds are the quarters for the workmen. On the side opposite the fort is a shed for storing cargo. At the right side is the kitchen, bath, and quarters for the servants of the company, clerks, etc., and on the shore are the blacksmith shops and other workshops. On the top of the Kikor is a building five sajins long and three sajins wide, with two rooms. In one I live, and in the other there are two shipmasters. There are still some old kolosh yurts, in which live the Kayors and the Kodiak Americans. Aluts, they are generally called. Our guns are always loaded. Everywhere are sentinels with loaded arms, and in the rooms of each of us arms constitute the greater part of the furniture. All the night the signals from post to post continue. War discipline prevails. In a word, we are ready at any minute to receive our dear guests, who generally profit by the darkness of night to make an attack. The additional number in the garrison, owing to the arrival of the Chamberlain and his suite, made it more difficult to procure provisions for the winter. The hostile kolosh made hunting and fishing dangerous. In the autumn there was but flour enough for an allowance of a pound a week for one month for the two hundred men in the fort. For other food supply they were dependent on the fish caught in the bay the dried ukali and the sea-lion meat from Kodiak, and the dried seal-meat from the Seal Islands. Baranoff bought the ship Juno, an American sailing-ship of about 250 tons from Captain George DeWolf of Bristol, Connecticut, with its cargo of flour, sugar, and other articles, for the sum of 68,000 piastres, Spanish, equivalent to about the same number of dollars. This relieved the immediate necessity, but before spring the supply became so low that the scurvy, that dread malady of the seas and of outlying localities, attacked the garrison. This scourge often fell heavily on the early Russian expeditions, and in 1821 the Russian ship Borodino lost forty men through its ravages in a voyage from Sitka to Kronstadt. 
in march rezanov sailed for san francisco in the juno to purchase breadstuffs and other supplies he also wished to examine the coast with the view of making other settlements farther south at nootka at the columbia or even farther south in california he secured a cargo of the products of the south and returned to sitka in june on his southward journey rezanov reconnoitred the mouth of the columbia river seeking a site for a future settlement he was unable to enter the river owing to contrary winds and the condition of his crew debilitated by lack of proper food and suffering from scurvy caused him to hasten on he heard that a party of u s soldiers were building a fort there this rumor doubtless came from the presence of lewis and clark near the present astoria while on this visit to san francisco rezanov met the spanish beauty donna concepcion de arguello of whom one of the visitors said she was lively and animated had sparkling love-inspiring eyes beautiful teeth pleasing and expressive features a fine form and a thousand other charms and he lost his heart to her the romance of the russian courtier and the fair californian furnished to bret harte the theme for some of his most beautiful verse rezanov hurrying home to russia to gain the imperial permission to his marriage died at krasnoyarsk siberia and dona concepcion waited for years for the coming of her lover not knowing that he lay dead under the siberian snows when the news of his sad fate came to her she donned the habit of a nun and devoted herself to charitable works this visit to california was the beginning of a trade that continued for many years through all the period of russian occupation during the days of the gold discoveries in california large shipments of goods were made from sitka to san francisco and after the sale of the territory to the united states great quantities of merchandise were shipped from the warehouses of the company to the california metropolis amounting to over a quarter of a million dollars in one year the breadstuffs for the colonies were procured from california from san francisco and from ross colony or from peru until eighteen forty when a contract was made with the hudson's bay company under which the supplies were brought from the farms of the nisqually or from vancouver in oregon territory until the time of the arrival of the neva eighteen o four all trading goods were brought across siberia to okhotsk and thence by sailing vessel to the colony or were purchased from the american or english trading ships which came to the coast for furs to the natives the english who came to these waters became known as king george men and the americans were called boston men the latter being from the great number of ships that sailed from the great shipping port of new england from these traders goods were purchased by baranoff at lower rates than those cost which were brought from russia john jacob astor was one of the first to engage in the trade he sent the ship enterprise to sitka in eighteen ten and the beaver in eighteen twelve 
from washington irving we have the description through the account of the captain of the hyperborean veteran ensconced in a fort which crested the top of a high rock promontory which is well known to all readers of stories of western life and in which the impression of the character of baranoff as given to the reader is very erroneous the traders exchanged their goods with the Russians for furs, sometimes going to the Pribilof Islands to receive the sealskins, sailed to China, where the furs were traded for silks, nankins, and teas. They then voyaged on around the world to their home port. The sloop of war, Diana, the first Russian warship to reach Sitka, arrived in 1810 under the command of Captain Vasily M. Golovnin, who was widely known for his adventures while a captive in the kingdom of the Nipponese, where he was carried about in a bamboo cage and exhibited to the populace. His description of his visit to Sitka is entertaining, and of it he says, in the fort we met nothing so unusual or costly as to be worthy of special remark the fort consisted of solid log towers and high strong palisades with apertures or embrasures in which were set guns and carronades of different calibers the interior construction barracks storehouses house of the commander and other buildings were made of thick logs and were very solid these being very common in this place, around which grows, so to say, within reach of a windlass, a multitude of most beautiful trees, suitable for structures of every description. In the house of Mr. Baranoff were ornaments and furniture in profusion, of masterly workmanship and costly price, brought from St. Petersburg and from England, which corresponded with his position as the head official of a great company. What astonished us most was an extensive library in nearly all European languages and many pictures of remarkable merit. I must confess that I badly judge in painting and only could know that in the uncultivated wild border of America there would be none except Mr. Baranoff to value and understand them unless there might happen to be educated travellers or masters of united states trading vessels visiting this place there would be no one to appreciate the fine art mr baranoff noting my astonishment explained the riddle saying that the pictures attracting our attention were gifts of the company and of distinguished persons in st petersburg for the establishing of a library and the directory sent them out on these works he commented with the following remarkable view better that our directors had sent us a doctor for in all the company's colonies there is not one doctor nor one doctor's assistant nor one doctor's pupil golovnin soon left sitka to return to st petersburg his successful voyage together with that of the neva and the nadeshda encouraged the shipment of goods by sea from russia and from that time onwards ships came regularly, laden with supplies of every kind for the post, and returned with rich cargoes of peltry. By 1825 surgical and astronomical instruments of the best quality were sent to the colony, 
an apothecary shop of three rooms provided medicines, and four Creole boys, under the charge of a doctor, attended to the dispensing of the potions. A hospital was in connection, and the sick received fresh food, tea, sugar, and medicines free, upon the order of the doctor. An observatory, equipped with the most improved magnetic and meteorological instruments, was later provided, and there was kept a record of natural phenomena, while a museum of objects of interest from the surrounding country was open for the instruction of all. The library was brought from St. Petersburg in 1806 by Rezanov. Mr. Klebnikov tells us that it contained more than 1,200 volumes, valued at 7,500 rubles, and they were in the Russian, French, German, English, Latin, and other languages. When Mr. Rezanov was preparing for his journey, he addressed letters to many of the leading men of St. Petersburg, soliciting their contribution of books to promote the beginning of education in the far-off possession of the Tsar. Many sent a response in writing, accompanied by one or more volumes, and the letters so sent were richly bound in a separate volume and placed with the library in the building at Sitka. Among the patrons were the Metropolite Ambrosia, Count Rumiantsov, Count Stroganov, Admiral Chikagov, Minister of Justice Dmitriev, Senator Zakharov, and others. The sentiments were varied, but many agreed in voicing the desire to sow the seed of science in the breasts of the peoples so far outlying from the Enlightenment of Europe. Some of them reflected the personal character of the donors. The Metropolite Ambrosia sent books for church services. The Minister of Marine sent plans of ships. And Count Rumiantsov contributed works on husbandry. Mr. Kirill Klebnikov, the accountant of the company, who was in charge of the counting-house at Sitka from 1818 to 1832, to whom we are indebted for many valuable writings relating to the early history of the settlements, tells us that when Mr. Baranoff left the colony the buildings had become badly decayed, and much new construction had to be done. In 1827, there had been built three sentry houses, a battery of thirty guns on the Kikor, and below them magazines, barracks, and other buildings, a bakery, wharf, arsenal, etc. In the shops were blacksmiths, coppersmiths, locksmiths, coopers, turners, rope spinners, chandlers, painters, masons, etc., at the Ozersko Redoubt on Deep Lake were barracks and a fort, a flouring mill, a tannery, and other buildings. A zapor or fish trap in the stream took sixty thousand fish each year. The workmen got out timber from the forest for the building of ships. They cut fuel and burned charcoal in large quantities, kept the buildings in repair, and did other duties required on the factory. The work of the gardening was chiefly done by the Aleuts, who were paid a rouble a day for their services. The Russian Captain Lutki came to Sitka about this time, and he tells us that there were many pigs and chickens raised by the inhabitants, 
and that a pig might be had for five to seven roubles, a hen for four to five roubles, and eggs at from three and a half to ten roubles per dozen. The chief drawback to the chicken industry was the presence of the great black ravens that carried away the young chicks and sometimes even the old hens. The ravens were such successful scavengers that they were called the new archangel police, and he says they even bit the tails off the young pigs so that all the hogs of the place were tailless. He mentions the abundance of deer on the islands, and also says that mountain sheep were killed by the Aleuts and brought to the fort. He must have confused the sheep with the goats, for the sheep never approach the coast so closely, and he speaks of the wool being used for weaving the blankets for the ceremonial dances of the Kolosh. This would indicate that the animal in question was the mountain goat. A later writer says that 2,700 game animals were brought into Sitka for sale during the winter of 1861 to 1862. A shipyard was established as soon as the necessary buildings to house the garrison were completed. It occupied a part of the present parade ground near the Russian barracks and included a portion of the present street. Many vessels were built in the yard during the Russian occupation, the first being the tender Avos, launched in 1806, followed by the brig Sitka, built by an American shipbuilder named Lincoln, and for which he was paid 2,000 rubles as a royalty upon the completion of the ship. A frigate of 320 tons was the largest vessel built before 1819, and at that time construction was discontinued until 1834, when work was resumed and continued until the close of the Russian regime. The Politovsky was one of the last vessels to be built at Sitka, and it was sold by Prince Maksutov to H. M. Hutchinson and Abraham Hirsch for $4,000 in 1867. The next year it was sold to Hutchinson Coal and Company, and later was sold to a firm that ran it to Puget Sound, and from Alaska to San Francisco. It was built of Alaska cedar timber, the Dushnoi Dereva, or scented wood of the Russians, and was spiked with hand-made copper spikes. It was taken to Alaska in the gold rush of 1898, and found its last resting place very appropriately in the land where it was built, in the harbor of St. Michael, the old Russian port on Bering Sea. The fear of shipwreck and of death at sea hung over every soul of the community. The long voyages in uncharted and unlighted waters with sailing ships more than six months at the shortest from Kronstadt, often three months or more against baffling winds from Okhotsk, the voyages to the redoubts and Odinashkas, detached posts with one man only, of the Bering Sea and of the Gulf of Alaska to collect the fur catch of the year and bring it to Sitka the long journey via Canton on the return to Russia, all held many dangers for the sailing ships of those days. The Phoenix, the first ship built on the Alaskan shores, foundered with all on board, including the bishop and his retinue. 
in 1799. On the return voyage from Okhotsk, the St. Nicholas went ashore on the coast of Washington in 1808, and those who survived the waves were held in bondage for years by the savages of that coast. During the latter part of August 1812, the ship Neva left Okhotsk. Contrary winds delayed her in the Sea of Okhotsk. Storms beat her back along the Aleutian Islands till it was November before land was sighted in Alaska. The storms damaged the rigging and ship until it was necessary to put into Voskresensky Harbor, Resurrection Bay, for repairs. She arrived off Sitka about December 1st. After four or five days, Mount Edgecombe was sighted, but a storm drove the ship to sea, where she beat about for weeks, before again nearing the port. Scurvy afflicted the passengers and crew, and added to the general distress. On January 8, 1813, Mount Edgecombe again appeared. In trying to make the harbor, the ship grounded on the rocks under the cape on the morning of the ninth, and speedily broke to pieces under the terrific pounding of the seas. Some of the people on board reached shore after incredible suffering and hardship. After several days, two of the sailors, wandering along the shore, met a Kolosh boy and persuaded him to take them to Sitka, where they arrived, cold, exhausted, and almost starving. Boats were at once fitted out by Mr. Baranoff, the survivors were rescued, brought to Sitka, and their sufferings relieved. From those on board the ship, thirty-eight had perished, including Kalinin, the commander. Borano Volokov, the intended future chief manager of the company, and five women passengers. In the cargo was food and clothing, the messages of the year for the exiles, and rich vestments and furnishings for the church that was soon to be built in Sitka, all scattered for miles along the wild coast of Krusov Island. This was one of the worst disasters of the sea that visited the colony although many others are part of the records of the time. It is said that Chief Catlian tore his hair with rage when he learned of the wreck, because he did not find it and destroy the survivors out of revenge for his defeat and expulsion from his home at Sitka. There are many traditions among the residents of Sitka concerning the wreck of the Neva, among them is that there was a vast treasure of gold for the use of the garrison and the traders. This is erroneous, for there was no gold used in the colonies, the trade being by barter, or conducted with scrip, called assignats, issued by the company for the purpose. The story of the gold has been so generally believed that serious plans have been made for attempting the salvage of the treasure. The term of office of Alexander Andreevich Baranov as the chief manager of the Russian-American company came to a close in 1818. He had been twenty-eight years in the colonies, leaving Russia in 1790 for the post of three saints on Kodiak Island, which at that time constituted almost the only Russian establishment in America the other stations being little more than outlying trading posts. He left their dominion and empire in extent, reaching from the Seal Islands in Bering Sea, at the edge of the ice-pack of the Arctic, 
to Fort Ross, among the sunny hills of Golden, California. Captain Hagemeister came to relieve him, and in his seventy-second year the old chief manager, bent with the weight of years and of long and arduous service, closed his accounts and set sail on the Kutusov, one of the company's vessels, for his far-off home in Russia. When the time arrived for Baranov to take his departure from the land he had made his home for so many years, sorrowfully he took his leave of the associates with whom he had so long shared the dangers and hardships of the uncivilized land. Upon being relieved of the duties of his office, he first considered building a home at the Ozersko Redoubt, and spending the remainder of his days in the place he had learned to love, Later, he decided to return to his native land, and sailed on the Kutasov for Kronstadt. A delay at Batavia in the tropics proved too severe for his advanced years. The day after leaving Batavia he died, and was buried at sea in the waters of the Indian Ocean. Captain Leontius Andreanovich Hagmeister succeeded to the office of chief manager, but remained only a short time at Sitka, then sailed for Russia, leaving Captain Simeon Ivanovich Yanovsky in charge. Captain Yanovsky became enamored with the beautiful daughter of Baranov, and if you search the old records of the cathedral of st michael's at sitka you will find the entry as made of the marriage of simeon ivanov yanovsky with the late head governor of the russian-american possessions collegiate adviser and cavalier baranov's daughter irina one of creoles in 1830, Baron Ferdinand Petrovich Rangel, scientist and explorer, came to administer the office. He had sailed the frozen ocean along the northern shores of Siberia as an explorer, and Wrangell Island, Wrangell Strait, etc., on the maps of today, perpetuate his name. Under Baron Wrangel, as assistant to the manager, served Adolf Karlovich Etolin, a native of Finland, who came to the colony as an officer on the war sloop Kamchatka in 1817, who sailed in the service of the company to nearly every port from the Seal Islands of Bering Sea to Chile, who made several voyages around the world, and who was made chief manager in 1840. In 1846, he returned to Russia to accept the trust of commercial counselor in the head office of the company in St. Petersburg. About 14 miles to the southwest, across the bay and facing Edgecombe, with a beautiful view of the peak and islands, is the hot springs, well known for their medicinal properties by the natives before the advent of the Russians and frequently resorted to by both as a panacea for many ills in the place of islands chasti ostrova is reputed to be a spring with a sour taste while almost within the limits of the town of sitka dr scheffer a german physician who made a sojourn in the place about eighteen fifteen claimed to have found a medical spring whose waters were equal to some of the famed watering places of germany End of chapter 3